I guess I'm starting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Podcast Room 303, episode 204. I, you know, whoever does our intro video, that guy seems very swell. I hate him. <laughs> How you doing this evening, Nick? I'm good, man. Uh, had a good workout. Got a new driver. Uh, absolutely fleeced a trade in our dynasty league. Ate some Chipotle. I mean, I li- listen. I I don't listen to comments on the internet, but I've been seeing some that say my team has the best wide receiver core that they've ever seen in a dynasty team before. I don't know. I don't listen to this stuff, right? I just want to go out and play ball, man. <laughs> and how are you doing this evening, Eric? Oh, I was good until I saw that damn trade Nick pulled off. So there's that. Yeah, so the trade that uh, everyone's talking about, because I guess everyone doesn't want to give any context, is uh, Nick received Cooper Cup and the 308 in the 2023 Dynasty Draft. Yes, I know, our Dynasty rookie draft still hasn't happened. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he all he traded was the 2023 109, 2023 202, and the uh, 2024 second. And so, you know, a lot of people are saying that he fleeced him. You know, there's no guarantee Cooper Cup has a great year this year. There's no guarantee on anything. So uh, it's very interesting to see how that goes. But uh, that's the trade everyone's talking about. For today's episode, we'll be getting into the NHL draft, Wimbledon, Tour de France. Those will be our betting topics. Our pop culture pick them as top five head coaches you'd like to play for. Uh, we'll cover head-to-head, and then we have a new segment that we're – you know, um, including that's going to be called what the fuck headline of the week beta testing. And we'll also be discussing the batting average update for Luis Arreyes. So we'll actually start there with the batting average update. So Nick, go ahead and walk us through that. So he's at the start of today's game. And let me, let me pull up the the game here. The start of today's game, Luis Arreyes is hitting 399. So right below the 400 mark. If we go to uh, the Miami game that is currently in progress, what is today, 27th? The game that's in progress as I try to find it out here, and now it loads, and yada, yada, yada. Luis Areza in today's game uh, is one for four. So one for four would bring his batting average to... Uh, would be 112 divided by 270 or 282. What's that? 112 divided by 282. 112, 282. So he's at 397 right now. 397. Huh. 
That's just an outrageous number to hear out loud, dude. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but apparently, hitting singles, uh, people don't think is very good anymore. That's not impressive. It's not good. Yeah, you don't. I don't want a guy that hits singles. No chance. Not on my team, anyways. To to reach base in two of every five at bats is not good. Yeah, someone tried disparaging it <laughs> as if it wasn't good enough. Uh, so, and Corey Seager has fallen uh, significantly below 350, so he won't be part of our batting average update. We're only going to hype up one man and one man only. Turns out he actually uh, won the batting title last year. We probably should have said that when we started discussing him. But uh, And he won it with the lowest batting average in league history se- since 1968. Uh, with a 316 last year's was 319 and that was uh or the year before and sorry 2021 that was what was it loudest Guria? yeah lori lori gory or sorry uh yeah yuli yuli goriel yuli goriel uh yeah y y y u l l e all right and then now i will share so that wraps up the batting average update this is 397 this is, is crazy go ahead this is this is something that i that, that i'm a little annoyed at and it's not it's not any fault of yours jermaine but i'm annoyed at when espn says stats they say stats like this is the lowest ever batting average since and then they say like 2018 <laughs> like, that's not that's not great or they're like this is the lowest ever batting average since it happened last season. It's like that's not a like crazy stat. Like obviously the Lu- Luis Areza stat is crazy. He won the AL batting title with the lowest average since 1966, which was also 316 by the way, by Frank Robinson of team gentlemen, Frank Robinson of American League 1966, Chicago White Sox. No, Frank Robinson, a Hall of Famer, Eric with the. Very famous. You said AL? AL? 1966? Yankees? Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) Yeah, I would would not have got that. (laughs) I didn't even know they had a team until this. Was it it 66 or 68? It was was 1968. You're right. (laughs) You're you're right. 1968 uh, was 309 by, uh, sorry, 301 by Carl Yastrzemski, Eric of. AL or NL? AL Eric of 1968 AL Eric. I don't know. Yankees. Dude. So, no, <laughs> close. Jermaine, Carl Yastrzemski, catcher for the Red Sox. Red Sox. Oh. I knew that one. Famously waved a ball fair with his witchcraft. <laughs> with his witchcraft got me. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into what the fuck headline of the week. Uh, it's this new segment we're trying out. Usually it's going to probably be from the soccer world, <laughs> just just from experience. Uh, we've actually discussed it on a previous episode of our, like in our last 10 episodes about how crazy soccer headlines are. So that's kind of what spawned this, uh, you know, topic. And uh, uh, L- Luis Areza just doubled to right field, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so- he heard us talking. He's now. I think he's over four hundred now. He's two for five. He's got an extra base hit, that <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, that's great. Uh, this one actually comes from us from 
the Stephen F. Austin bowling team. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The what the fuck headline of the week comes from Stephen F. Austin bowling. <laughs> There's no ends of the earth that we won't go to. So, uh, so the Stephen F. Austin assistant women's bowling coach Steve Lemke opted to resign rather than be fired after the school learned of the relationship, which also led to a split from his wife, who is the team's who, head. Who head chooses? Coach. Who chooses to be fired? By the way. <laughs> he's like you know what fire me i don't want to resign i would 100 percent be like fire me and then go get that unemployment check dog <laughs> what, what an odd headline he opted to resign of course he did so did so does 100 of people poll <laughs> so my man slept with one of his student athletes while his wife was the coach of that student athlete uh let's see I just want to see he's 38. <laughs> they coached the team to two national titles and two second place finishes before resigning. Uh, and they didn't identify the student athlete, which is perfectly fine. They won the titles in 2016 and 2019, uh, second in 2015 and last year. Um, oh, and the student is no longer on the team after exhausting her eligibility. That would have been true. Doesn't that mean just means she graduated? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, I mean, am I am I crazy? Exhausting her eligibility sounds like she needed to make she needed to turn one. She had a word limit on this article, a minimum. Word limit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. They're on the team after graduating. <laughs> they they definitely didn't want to give them the shout out. I guess. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I've exhausted my eligibility at college. Oh man, and and the women's head coach um, did not respond for comment. I don't really blame her. That's got to be a tough dude. That's got to be tough. <laughs> I do want to pull this up here just so you guys can uh, get a, a visual of this. Is it a Stephen F. Austin bowling picture? <laughs> Eric, I love you. <laughs> That's the couple. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Pull up a Stephen F. Austin team picture. Oh, dude. Let's see if we can find. Let's see if we can find who old Steve Linky was uh, knocking pins down with. Uh -oh. I just. Uh oh. Did you get it, Eric? We're getting something juicy here. This is the team <laughs> that won the national title earlier this year. Okay. So let's see if I can. Get my dumb, dumb brain to figure out how to present this. Normally hitting sharing screen works. It works pretty well. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dang. Okay. Let's make that full screen, though. Just them. Just them? Yeah, I just want to see that photo. I thought I did. Oh, that's because it opened up a new thing. Let me Let me do this. Goddamn internet, oh, dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Internet. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Yikes. Which one looks like? <laughs> I think uh, it's this one or this one. We can't see your. <laughs> I like it. No, just keep it like that. I don't want you to point it out, Eric. I just like you saying that. It's uh the two the two on the right, the one with the glasses, and then the other one. She looks like the wife. Let's see which one's a home record, dude. I'm going with 
I'm going with the what the third from the right, uh, who's like <laughs> crouched underneath Eric's two, yeah, or the one, who, or the tallest one who you can only see her face. You know, you know who's got the biggest like home record look is is the one uh, with the nicer shade of like brown skin in the middle with the glasses. She looks like she, you know, she comes off as. She's got the year-round tan look. Yeah, yeah. She comes off like she's like looking to wreck some homes. All right, as we as we move forward in this podcast, we are not disparaging. This is all meant as comedy, by the way. Look, if that if you, being said, I'm taking the one on the left. If you slept, <laughs> if you slept with your assistant coach. Like, if you slept with your... <laughs> His wife is the coach. While the wife is the coach, you absolutely deserve to be made fun of. Like, get out of here. That's so crazy. So that's that. That's this week's What the Fuck headline. Uh, shout out to Stephen F. Austin bowling team for for <laughs> winning in our hearts and it on the court. <laughs> you know what's sad about that? When I first read that headline, and I probably shouldn't, but all I thought was doesn't matter how much success doesn't matter like how talented you are guys are just dumb they're gonna go for the younger hotter thing dude it sucks she's a two-time national champion bowling coach she can't even keep a man so sad what's who's the all-time winningest bowling coach amber lemke (laughs) actually because that would really give that would really give credence to your point if she's the all-time winningest bowling coach can't even keep oh no it's mike lapresti Farley Dickinson, uh, he won f- over fifteen hundred career matches as uh, as a coach for the. Uh... But how many natties? Oh, let's see. We're in the we're in the annals of the internet now. Eric's trying to figure this one out because I mean you got it like if if she is and there's no way two national titles makes you the, I mean. There had to have been a coach in the 70s or 80s that dominated bowling, no? No comment from you, Jermaine? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't really know how long bowling teams have been around. So, like, as collegiate it's got, bowling... It's got to be since, like, the 50s. Really? Dude, Collegi- bowling was crazy in the 50s. Everybody was in a bowling league in the 50s. The, NAA, the NCAA you know has only had bowling since 2004. Four, it looks like. Yeah, get fucked. That's a oh, this year. That's a this century sport. You fucking knew. So is it since the fifties? Bowling has been around since the fifties. <laughs> Nobody said that it wasn't. I asked when it was collegiate, and you were just high horsing over there. That's dead fucking wrong. That's garbage. And uh, the team that's won the most has been uh, Nebraska with six. That's that tracks. There's she nothing- only. She already has two. And two runner-ups. Oh, two, dude, she... two runner-ups, and then there's only two schools that have more than her. It's Nebraska, Vanderbilt, and UMES. I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't let me click on it, so I don't know what that is. But... UMES? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. University, University of Missouri of... Southeast? I don't know, dude. You laugh at me, dude. But <laughs> UMES, Eric, get us that answer. I'm working favorite. on it. Uh, the university's what the fuck is this? Give me a second. <laughs> hey, uh, get closer to the screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Oh, U M E S. Oh, dyslexia is kicking in again. 
Yeah, that's why I was like, why do you say Southeast? Okay. Right, I think that's enough on the bowling, though. She's a goat, though. And you know what we say? Don't piss off goats. If you can find it at your local sports book, bet Stephen F. Austin women's to win the bowling title. She, I mean, what if her husband was like part of the magic, though? You know, now that they split the team up, now he goes to become a head coach somewhere and starts winning natties. I don't think so. He's he would have NCAA bowling odds. <laughs> this might be the darkest thing I've ever searched. I get an ad, and I can be able to get it. I can be able to get it. Yeah, all right, dude. I think we we've done this what the fuck headline way too far. Let's just go ahead and get into pop culture pick them here. So uh, today's topic, top five coaches you'd want to play for. Just we've done we've <laughs> we haven't done this topic before, right? I feel like we have. Did dogs eating something? Get over here. Drop it. Oh, someone answer me. No. No, I'm trying. I'm going through to verify real quick. I don't okay. think that we. I don't think that we have. I just, you know, I feel. So, I feel like Jermaine might be right. That's why I'm going through really quickly. Yeah, I should have checked it earlier. That's on me. This is this is a professional podcast, though, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> must have, must have not loved to play for him that much. Time to filibuster, Nick. How? What are your thoughts on Spider Man into the Spider Verse? Yo, fuck that movie, dude. You're That's, a liar. Those, those, those are my thoughts, dude. You're a lying ass bitch. Fucking Miles Morales can suck my butt. Gwen Stacy can suck my butt, if that's even her name. Um, and who's uh, Miguel? Uh, what's Miguel O'Hara, right? Uh, yeah, Miguel O'Hara's Spider-Man 2099, if that's what you're yeah, asking. He can suck 20 and 99 of my butts. <laughs> you don't like Spider-Man 2099? No, you know, I, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, it was a really great movie. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say how it ends for people that haven't seen it. It was a good movie. It, de- it definitely. Um, uh, there, there was there. I, oh, I'm, t- I'm trying to not. I'm trying to not. I'm very bad at revealing t- at revealing spoilers. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, J- there's a J- Jason would have already given the whole movie away by now. Yeah. There's. It, it was. I don't know. I I I don't really try to predict events that come up in movies. I like to try to let myself be teleported uh there as much as possible i did go to a fancy movie theater 9 45 last night a fancy movie <laughs> theater by the way they had like a they had like a menu underneath the seat and they had like a waitress come up to me and she was like what do you want and i was like uh can i get a popcorn and a coke <laughs> and she was like you don't want anything else we have like burgers shakes beers on tap and i was like no i'll just take a popcorn and a coke and she was kind of like, oh, okay. They came out with this silver mixing bowl, Jermaine. I'm not shitting you. It was a silver mixing bowl overflowing with popcorn. I couldn't eat it all. That's how much popcorn there was. They gave you that much popcorn? No, I couldn't eat it all. Yeah, that's – I mean, dude, that popcorn is one of those things where you can eat a ton. So <laughs> Yeah, I you can eat a ton. That. Yeah, it's a, it was a it was more than I've ever been able to eat. Eric, any luck on it? Have we done this before? Yeah, he messaged in the chat and said uh, uh, chiming in. So uh, we have not oh, done this before. No. So today's order is Nick, 
myself and Eric. Go ahead, Nick. Kick it off for us. Uh, my first pick is going to be Mike Tomlin. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, like, it, like he, he has to be one of the best coaches to play for. Uh, are we only doing current coaches? No. Mm-mm. Any coach of all yeah, time? you can do any, any coach. coach. Uh, no. I'll take Pete Rose. <laughs> I could drink, gamble, and play for him? Dude, yeah, come no on doubt, now. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to go Bob Knight first. <laughs> Unless you get on his bad side. I always want to be on his bad side. Hashtag Latrell Spiro. And then, because I think we're getting to some serious off-court you know, shenanigans, I'm going to go uh, Ime. <laughs> just run and train on people. <laughs> uh, for yeah, those of you who don't know, Ime Adoka is the former Boston Celtics uh, coach who got fired for doing nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, it was. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, that's the crazy part is they did not fire the no, woman, sta- the it, staffer. And I was like, how does that make sense? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so it's back to me. Um, I'll go uh, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> I can't actually – I can't say that with a straight face. I'm not taking Jeff Fisher. No, nah, you said it, dog. It's in. Uh, give me um, Coach K, but you have to spell his name out, Eric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Shazewski, dude. Spell it out, Eric. I'm not – I can't. And I'm not going to Google it because I'm just going to type Coach K again. Why is his name Coach K if his name starts with an S? Shashevsky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pick Tony Larusa. Oh my God! You pick Tony Larusa <laughs> or Ozzy Guillen? I cannot believe Tony Larusa made this goddamn list. Did I spell that right? Yes. Oops. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, Al- oh, Eric. Tell Jesus us how you spell. Christ. Tell us how you spell Coach K. K R Z Y Z E W S K I. Hey. <laughs> so I mean, Nick Nick took Tony LaRusso. What was the second one? Ozzy Guillen? I, I did say Ozzy Guillen, but I'm I'll change it. I'm gonna change it to Patrick Waugh. Well, why don't you change that Tony LaRusso fucking pick? I'm not I'm not going to. Tony LaRusso. He's trash. Oh, wait. No, I'm not thinking of fucking Tony LaRusa. I'm thinking of Bobby Cox. Change that to Bobby Cox. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> dude, Tony LaRusa's trash. Change that to Bobby Cox. A guy that has get, got ejected more times than any manager in history has to be a great manager to play for. <laughs> uh, I'll take uh, Nick's favorite, Dusty Baker. I <laughs> fuck that, dude. I remember, he's not a good coach, though. He's not a good coach. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take Phil Jackson. Can't believe he made it this far. I don't know. Phil Jackson seems like he sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Eric's Bill, just not gonna acknowledge that. Bill Walton was a coach for a minute, right? Uh, I don't know. You mean Bill Walton? I'll look it up. Did Bill Walton coach? Did Bill Walton, the Andrew Luck of the NBA? Oh, he no, that's no, that's not. That didn't answer the fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Mm, I don't think he did. I don't know if he did, dude. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he did. All right, well, no worries. I'll take um... Luke Walton. It's the same thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Why was that so funny, dude? (laughs) Because Luke Walton's booty cheeks. Oh, dude. I'm going to go Kevin Ali. Also, Luke Walton coached the Kings. There was no chance he was going to keep his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> All right. I'll go um, Greg Popovich. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I will take for my fourth pick, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, I should have done multiple sports, but I'm not going to. Uh, final pick here. I got the football. I got the baseball. I got the hockey. Uh, I feel like Eric Spolstra is a good coach to have. So I'm going to go Eric Spolstra for my final pick. Either that or Pat Riley. It's uh, with a K, Eric, by the way, instead of a C. Uh, yeah, and then last coach. There's not really a ton of football coaches I would like to play for, and fuck Sean Payton after he requested a trade. I mean, he's, I still love, I still love him, but uh, I'll take Steve Kerr. Ooh, Steve Kerr, the only person that shakes on an x-axis. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I have no clue what you're talking about. So normal handshakes, right? Up and down. When yeah. Steve Kerr shakes people's hands, he shakes it like this. Oh, dude, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to freak people out. <laughs> dude, you imagine? Yeah, no, but like I'm saying, don't like, it's not like a slap and then be that's equal and opposite reaction, as we all know. No, you got to grab their hand and then shake it. <laughs> like a fish out of water, dude. Oh, that's great, dude. <laughs> all right, Eric, what's your last pick? Uh, man, that's tough. Um, You guys remember that video? Uh, I'm gonna pick him based off that video, but David Pierce, the Texas Longhorns baseball coach. Oh, when he ripped all his players a new one. You should be fighting for your fucking life. <laughs> yeah, dude. That guy, fucking video gets me cranked every time, dude. <laughs> this isn't a game. That's a good what do you say? Answer. I gotta go home and I, I gotta go home and live with this shit forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's been he's been four years here. You go home, and I don't goes, live with that shit. Wasn't that game like four <laughs> one? It was it was uh, it was some score. All right, okay. I will preface this by saying, I I have I at work the other day I ranked out baseball coaches are only non emotional. With giant wins against teams you should have beat, wins against teams you had no chance against, or giant losses against teams you had no chance with. All other wins and losses, you're running. You beat a team you should have just be- you you should have beat handedly, run on the line. You lose to a team, no matter what the score is, that you the coach thought you were 50-50, and baseball coaches think you're 50-50 with a lot of teams. I remember in my in high school, we played the number seven team in the nation. Number seven team in the nation. 
We lost to them like 13 to 5. And my coach put us on the line and made us run because he thought we could have won. We weren't even <laughs> the number seven team in Tennessee. These were top, I'm talking top 10 in the nation. We lost 13 to 5. It is a miracle ordained by God that we scored five runs and we he made us run. So, yeah, the score was 4 to 1, but I was completely like, that's just a baseball coach who just, <laughs> listen, baseball. It's like a game where you have to sit and watch. Oh, they they lost 6-5 after being up 5-1, uh, Eric just said, to, to Cal State Fullerton, who is a very good baseball team, by the way. It was – so it was a it was a three-game tournament, um, and Texas ended up winning two of the games. And that's – they lost that one, but he just – for some reason, he flipped out on that one and, like, just made an epic fucking all-time video. And, and RIP because he's no longer with us. Yeah. He's moved on to coach the team in the sky. <laughs> All right. And that's going to bring us into head-to-head. Um, or, the, or the team in the ultimate dugout. Who knows? <laughs> or the team in the ultimate dugout. Yeah. So bring up the uh, head-to-head for last week, which would be week 24. Also, Nick, start giving me your bets before I put in my head-to-head picks, you fucking chotch. <laughs> I'm not giving you my bets daily. Yes, daily. I need the report so I can fade. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Oh, All right, go ahead, Eric. So, so I think it's now. So for background for you guys, Jermaine likes to now, – now that sports have, have reached their uh, – have reached the singularity clause that we enter into in the summer, in the months of, of June, July, and a little bit of August before college football starts up. Jermaine has, has been forced to pick baseball only. And I, you know, we have a Room 303 model that uh, is looking like it'll be ready to debut for you fancy people around the All-Star game. I don't want to be like MLB baseball during the COVID pandemic and and give you a, a date and then keep pushing it back. But it should be good to go around the All-Star game. Um, but I, I think, Jermaine, we're on a four-game cold streak now. And by a four-game cold streak, I mean 0-4 this year when we make the same bet for MLB. Yeah, exactly. And I want to fade. Also, uh, Nick said, take Florida. And I said, fade heavy. And Florida would have won. Florida would have won if they had 15 more runs. They would (laughs) have. That's all that it takes. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) you fucking Nick. 15 runs. He wasn't even close. Uh, so let's, let's not dive too deep into that. Cause that's for next week. But, uh, for this, uh, for week 24, uh, Jermaine did finish the week one and two. Uh, he went all baseball bets, waited until Sunday to get his bets in. Uh, he did get a bet earlier in the week, but it got delayed because of rain. So that got pushed to September 11th. Um, but that brings him, uh, one and two on the week brings him to 27 and 39 down 10.85 units. I blame my buddy's wedding. I had a lot of good NBA draft pick bets that would all hit and uh here i am here i am one and two because nick picked the same one as me hey, uh yeah hey. i'm actually i'm actually down uh 11 units you know what i gotta say about that rule 76 dude oh yeah is this coming from the dude who wanted to take a pick back uh two and a half days later after he researched it <laughs> yeah dude I, I know you ain't calling shit out bro <laughs> there's, there's no, literally that's not an excuse i took literally, my 
There's a little audio recording of me saying the bets. So I should have just submitted that as my head-to-head evidence. Mm, All right. Let's go into Nick's. Uh, so Nick went two and one last week. Um, God damn lucky. Uh, bringing him to 24, 41 and one. Uh, down 4.4 units. That might be a drastic change from last week because he did hit a plus 390 Ian Hap home run bet in a game which he actually hit two home runs. So that was definitely a lock. Uh, it's not going to be so pretty next week. Unlike that UF money line. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, that UF money line was redeemed by Mr. Suarez last night. <laughs> All right, let's get into Eric's now. And um, last week I went one and two. Uh, God, on a heartbreaking parlay too. Fucking bringing me to 29 and 37, down 2.3 units. I had this uh, Euro qualifier parlay. And fucking Poland lost it for me. Was Poland the favorite? They were all favorites. See, I don't understand. You and Nick love putting together soccer favorites parlays. Mm -hmm. And they never hit. And I constantly tell you to not put soccer favorite parlays in. You have to pick an upset. And you never listen. I saw this would come through and I was like, it's not hitting. Because it's all top 15 teams or top 20 teams like it's not hitting and who here did we Poland are. play uh i can't remember who it was but it was a 2-2 draw oh. pissed me off damn that's a tough beat 2-2 <laughs> they had they gave you two goals and you still couldn't get and then i tough. took grady dick to be drafted in the top 10 because i thought he was a three-year starter at kansas turns out he's a goof-ass fucking 19 year old eric they lost 3-2 to moldova Oh, they lost 3-2. I guess when I checked, it was 2-2. And then I guess Moldova scored another one. <laughs> Moldova gave Dude. Hey, respect that country. That's a, that's a bad beat, Eric. That's a bad beat, Eric. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I thought I had, a, I thought I had the juice, man. Uh, Fa- and la- favorites parlays, man. And uh, now the newest losing streak belongs to Nevada sitting at 5 after he went 0-3 last week. Uh, bringing him to 25, 37, and 1, down 1.35 units. Yeah, in his in his defense, like, Scoot Henderson to go second. If I, when he, I so when he got it at plus 200, I was like. Have you, have you heard this conspiracy theory, though, with Scoop going second? What? So the reason the odds shifted so uh, inexplicably to Scoop Henderson is because there was an NBA insider who tweeted the Hornets are up in the air, but they had a really good workout with Scoot Henderson. And Scoot Henderson's odds went from like plus 400 to, you know, whatever we saw in them at, like minus 300 or something. What do we see him at? When when we did our NBA draft show, it was minus one ninety for Scoot Henderson to go second. Yeah, so he he basically shifted like six hundred points. Um, apparently the NBA insider that leaked this information is an NBA insider for FanDuel. Oh, interesting. He duped everybody. So so what happens? So Miller, so Bobby Miller goes to plus money. Everybody throws crazy amount of money on Scoop Henderson after this tweet because it's an NBA insider. And all the sports books collect all this money knowing God, good and goddamn well Bobby Miller's going second. 
It's it's incredible. And it it almost it's almost like the GameStop thing. It's almost like you guys are just being blatant about it because you know you can get away with it now. Because you can be like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. He's an NBA insider. He was just tweeting NBA insider information. He's not responsible for what other people do. He's not giving a bet for people to make. Right? Fucking jerk me off. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fan, FanDuel, FanDuel and the sportsbooks knew good and goddamn well what they were doing. Yeah, they, and they got everyone's money, dude. And they got everybody's money. They had us talking about it. Hey, what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances, Jermaine? That also too. Also, Charlotte was putting that information out in hopes of getting Portland to trade up one pick to get Scoop, so they could get Brandon Miller and pieces. Sportsbook strike again. There it is. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the Tour de France. And uh, I had the map pulled up here, so I'll share that real quick. There we go. Let's see. That didn't seem that long. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I don't ever remember this being a thing. What's up? But the 2023 Tour de France will start on Saturday mm-hmm. in Spain. Huh? The first three days of the race will be in Spain before they enter France in the third stage. Yeah, I think that's an, a relatively new thing. So... So Tour de France is one of three major, like, kind of how, you know, golf and tennis have their major championships right. or whatever. Right. Tour de France is one of three major, the other one being in Spain and Germany. Right. So probably because of that, they decided to start there. And also, they do like to change up the courses and keep it fresh every year. So uh, with it always ending in Paris, though, of course. Right, because it has to – It has to. Uh... And on the, uh, I think I'm pronouncing this correctly in French when I say the Champs Elysees. Is that correct, Eric? Yeah, it's correct, bro. The Champs Elysees. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I listen. I I love the Tour de France. It's 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 a race that I that I used to watch back in the late '90s when Lance Armstrong, Go America, USA, USA, uh, was dominating because we did steroids better than the rest of the world, and the rest of the world got pissy. As they do. Oh, America, don't help us. You're too warring. Oh, and then the Nazis come along. And then it's all of a sudden, oh, America, come help us, right? Then you want our steroids. But the second that we come over and win your cycling event, then it's no steroids, right? (laughs) So I've loved the Tour de France for a while. It's a very long race. It goes from July 1st to July 23rd. Uh, As as you see from the map that Jermaine has pulled up, over 2,100 miles, uh, 2,115 uh, to be exact, or since we're in France, 3,400 kilometers. Um, looking at the Tour de France this year, there are uh, two people to win it, right? And I don't really think it's that close between between the the, the peloton, as you would say, uh, and uh, these two guys. The one of the guys is uh, Jonas Vindegaard. Uh, the other is uh, Tajek. 
I probably pronounced his his name wrong. T A D E J uh, Pogacar. Those uh, between those two, they have won the last four Tour de France's. Uh, we have the abs <laughs> up right now. Uh, Vingegaard is plus one hundred five, and uh, Pogacar, which kind of rhyme is funny enough, is plus one twenty. Um, it. You know, it's it's just it's amplified in the odds, right? You, you have the Australian uh, Jay Hindley uh, at plus fourteen hundred. Uh, Enrique Maus Nicola is uh, plus fourteen hundred, uh, and then really after that, you have another. So that's kind of the secondary tier. If you're if you're looking at this, you have the tier of Vingegaard and Pogacar. They're first, right? They've won the last four. One of them is going to win it, right? And if you want evidence for why one of them is going to win it, it's both these teams, both of their teams have absolutely won. So Vingegaard races for uh, Jumbo Visma, Vis, Visma, excuse me, Jumbo Visma. They have been racing together for about five years. He was the Tour de France winner last year. Uh, he uh, was beaten by Pogacar uh in the uh, paris nice race in march it's an eight stays race um team jumbo uh visma has the best team right you have a bunch of dutchmen on the team you have uh benut koos uh clatterman laporte and van ert uh they also added van bierle to the team uh who's I, I mean, it, it strengthens an already an already strengthened team, and and when you talk about teams in the Tour de France, it's almost like a souped up Formula One, right? These these teams, if you remember, if you guys have been watching cycling for a while on the Tour de France, you don't remember the teammates. Well, Floyd Landis was one of them, but he came into notoriety. You don't remember the teammates on, on Lance Armstrong's U.S. Postal team, but you remember it was the U.S. Postal team, right? Yeah. That team was built so that Lance Armstrong could win the Tour de France. And that team is built with very, very specific pieces that either paces the champ or protects the champ or drafts the champ. Basically, this team is built around uh, Vingegaard. And Pogacar's UAE UAE Emirates team is built around him. Both these teams are built out, and it's really going to be which team performs better on who's going to win the race, right? This is Pogacar's best team to date. Pogacar has won two Tour de France's, and he finished second last year. So he's not that bad, right? The UAE <laughs> that that bad. He's not that. He's not. Or he's not he's not a bad he's not a bad racer, right? It will come down to who has the best team. Right? Adam Yates, Raphael uh Majka, and uh Mark Soler are excellent mountain climbers. And that's really gonna be where they where they kind of take uh the cake. Team UAE is gonna be great in the mountains. Okay. Team um oh geez, what is it? Vassar uh Team uh, Team Jumbo Vasma, Visma is going to be great at sprinting, right? The Tour de France is almost split evenly between sprints and climbs. That's why you have both both jerseys, 
right, that are the top sprinter and the top climber. So it's going to come down to what team can do better in the thing they're not good at who wins this. And I would say put your money on either one, right? Plus 105, Vin Gagar, Pogacar plus 120. Don't pick anybody else they are not going to win. You'd be throwing away your money. Yeah, and the the order of, you know, it's hilly, hilly, flat, flat, mountain, mountain. Then it goes back to flat. (laughs) It goes hilly, mountain. They have that built-in rest day. Uh, the first one before the 10th part. And then uh, it goes hilly, flat, hilly, mountain, mountain, mountain. That's. Is that when they go through the Pyrenees? Yeah. That, the, the, that, the, the Pyrenees should be like stage 15. Yeah. So it's 13 through 15. They go mountain, ah, mountain, good, mountain. I love the uh, Pyrenees, dude. The Pyrenees is what separates the men from the boys. Oh, the mountain's always the best because that's when you see dudes just falling out. They just can't keep up no more. It's it's uh that's so grueling. Then you get the rest day and they do the time trial right right afterwards and they finish it with a mountain hill flat mountain flat, uh, riding through the Champs Elysees. Uh, so, actually, I, I think I'm going to take a flyer bet here, despite Nick saying don't bet anyone else. I'm going to take Romain Bardet at plus 6,500. And why just, Romain Bardet? Because I like watching him race. <laughs> That's really why. I don't know if he's actually won it before, but I'm going to go look at it and see. I don't think Romain Bardet has won it either. So Tour de, Tour de France, he was the mountains class in 2019. He won three individual stages in 15, 16, and 17. Uh, and then he won the Combativity Award in 2015. And that was like – I was watching a lot of that because I, <laughs> I was on the – I was on deployment for a lot of that. And so AFN uh, had the Tour – AFN loves the Tour de France. Oh, bro. And I love the AFN for loving <laughs> yeah. the Tour de France. Too. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm going with him. He's 32. He's French. And uh, he's typically good on home soil. So that's why I'm going with him, especially at plus 6,500. But uh, really, you know, Jonas is the odds on favorite. But I do like the like everything that you said about Pogacar. And he's fantastic. So uh, I think it's good. I don't know if you're we're ever going to see anyone dominate quite like uh, quite like Lance Armstrong. Who did you say won last year's? Uh, Vingegaar won. And Vingegaar, Pog- right? And Pogacar won the two before that. Okay, so here we go. Our boy gets our boy gets back in the saddle and gets the dub. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very exciting race this year. I'll probably be tuning in as much as possible. Uh, I got to figure out where they're going to be broadcasting it in the States. Ooh, they have a tab for broadcasters. What? See if I can't find this information real quick. Hey, do you guys have any idea why uh, from 1999 to 2005, there's no winner of the Tour de France? Because Armstrong got stripped of his title. (laughs) Yeah, because Armstrong. No, I know. I'm just kidding. All right. So, oh, it's NBC. Of course it's NBC. I wonder if they have a schedule. Oh, it says page not found. Come Damn. on, come on, NBC. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. If you're trying to tune into the Tour de France, look, it's great. It's like it's like golf. 
right? Or baseball, it's perfect to throw on, take a nap, wake up, see the finish. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's got a, a nice allure like that. But I think we've spent enough time on the uh, Tour de France. We'll go ahead and get into the Wimbledon here. Um, so Wimbledon, right? This is it's going to take place from uh, the 3rd of July to the 16th. Uh, it's going to figure... You know, it's going to feature some of the heavy hitters, Djokovic, Alcarez, Medvedev, uh, Kasper Ruud, and then Sisipis uh, and Rune, and uh, I think Kyrgios and Nadal might actually be hurt for this one. But uh, uh, Kyrgios is still listed as for odds, so he should be on there. Uh, Taylor Fritz, I believe he's American, looking pretty high on that odds list as well. Um there's my boy, Francis TFO at plus 6,500. Maybe it's a plus 6,500 episode, boys. Uh, Andy Murray, right? Great on grass. That's an interesting flyer, that plus 6,500. Uh, right now, qualifying is happening. It ends on Thursday with the main draw uh, happening Monday. Uh, from 3rd July, like I said, all the way through Sunday, 16 July. And they'll be doing the doubles tournament as well. I thought this was pretty interesting. So the prize money for Wimbledon. I'm sorry, what happened? Outside of the U.S. and one Colombian winner, the winner of the Tour de France. Is, oh, wait. I want to know who that Colombian winner is. Uh, the prize money for Wimbledon is 20 million pounds. Pounds of what? Pounds of British money. Wow. That's a Why don't they just <laughs> say British money? <laughs> so let's see winner final oh the prize money is totaled oh that's a misleading stat right there dude so, so 2000 the, by, by the way jermaine 2019 to go back to the tour de france the colombian winner egan bernai was the only non-us or european winner uh are you sure that's right eric uh yeah because i mean it's because 2000, 2011 uh cadell evans won it and he's australian Oh, that might be the one that I skipped over. That, like, uh, I was going well, through them all. I might have maybe I saw Austria or something. Uh, interesting. But isn't 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 Australia just dusty ass UK? I mean, it is in the Commonwealth. If that's what you're trying, that, that's what the bullshit you're trying to pull is. That's the caveat for this one. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, Captain Caveat, here yeah, we go. There he is. All right. <laughs> So actually, the so the prize money is twenty million pounds total, uh, but wow. the winner only the gets the, yeah for for every you know per every person gets paid out obviously. So the winner gets uh, two million three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and then the finalists both get or the other finalist gets one million one hundred seventy five thousand pounds. If you make the semis, you get six hundred thousand. If you're a quarterfinalist, you get three hundred and forty. Uh, round of sixteen is two hundred and seven. Round of thirty-two is one hundred and thirty-one. Bro, round of one twenty-eight, which is the entire field, you get fifty-five thousand pounds for showing up. Ooh, I can lose. I can I lose it. I can lose in straight sets. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent straight. Straight sets for fifty-five k. I'm Bro. there, baby. Let's go. I, Sign your boy up. I just got to wear all white and show up at Wimbledon, lose in straight sets. A check, please. Yeah, I'll take Grady Dick's suit from draft night in right. all white. Great. And that's what I'm going to play in. Right. 
you know, I, I, I saw at the beginning of the week, like Jermaine said, uh, qual- qualifying is going on right now. Djokovic was minus 165 at the beginning of the week. I love the number at 140 for Djokovic. I think he is defending champ. And he's he just defending champ and a great play. He just I, won the he just won the Aussie Open, did he not? To he, pass Nadal for most majors all time? I believe he did, yes. Uh yeah. I although if you're gonna if you're gonna choose someone, if you don't like the minus money, Carlos Alcaraz, again, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he's the second best player in the world. Uh <laughs> He just won uh, coming in. The, he won the tune-up for Wimbledon, uh, the Queens Club event uh, last Sunday. Uh, he's 20 years old, so we don't have a lot of experience to point to. Um, but at the We're, number, as as the number one seed at Wimbledon, he can't face Djokovic, who's the number two, uh, until it, until the final. Until I almost said until at least the final. Uh, in, in until the final, so he pretty, he has a pretty decent path set up. He's also the world number one, so it's not like a, a crazy bet to make. Plus 350. I would love to know how good he is on grass. Probably something I should have looked up. But so uh, Just to give you some insight into Novak on this, um, out of the top 20 ranked players at Wimbledon this year, um, he has uh, 86 wins, and the next closest is 11. Um, he has a win percentage of 89.6, and the next closest is 56.3. Is this just at Wimbledon, Eric? Uh, that's just at Wimbledon. Yes. Um, they also have the stats for like the Australian open and Roland Garros and all that stuff, but this is just for Wimbledon. Um, and he's also won 17 titles on grass. It looks like what I'm seeing here. 17. Oh, it's cause, um, what Australian open? I thought Australian open was clay. Um, I thought it was too. 17 titles on grass? Well, let me see. Let me go through all these real quick. You guys can keep going. I'm going to get all the stats from you. Yeah. No no worries. Appreciate that. So his Wimbledon, he won Wimbledon in 2011, 2014, 2015, 2018, 2019, 2021, and 2022. So he's on a two-tournament win streak just at Wimbledon. Here's the awesome part. He's going for a calendar Grand Slam right now. He won the Australian Open this year, and he won the French Open this year, right? So he's the he's the winner uh, for both 2023 of Australian and French, which kind of begs the question why he's not the world number one. Maybe he's just not. Uh, maybe he's he, not playing enough. I think he had to drop out of the last tournament, didn't he? Oh, he just won. He just won. Oh, you mean like the last? Yeah, nine yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, like ATP Berlin. He had to drop out of. So Alcaraz won it, I believe. Yeah. So let's see. Grand Slam singles results. Alcaraz won the U.S. Open in 2022. Third round for the Australian Open in 2022. Semifinals for the French Open in 2023, and Wimbledon fourth round in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah, I don't know how he's the career number one. That's kind of crazy. So, um, going back to this Djokovic thing, so he's won eight um, of the crowns at Wimbledon, but he's appeared in the quarter or semifinal se- uh, seventeen times. He's made it at least that far seventeen times. Um, he has won twelve titles after the age of thirty. Before him, there was a combined total of fifteen won after the age of thirty. Um, and at 
Wimbledon, which because this pertains to Wimbledon, there's only one player that has a higher winning percentage than him, which would be Pete Sampras with a 90% winning percentage. USA. USA. Damn. Yeah, Djokovic is currently cementing himself as the best ever. And, a and calendar, you get him at 140. <laughs> exactly. A, a calendar grand slam at what, – what did you say? Did you have his age right now? I don't have his actual he's, age. He's up. born 36. in 1987. so He's 36. 36 years old, yeah. Oh my goodness! So he has like another five, six years. <laughs> he's gonna run. He's gonna run away with. Oh man, twenty-three majors. That's crazy. That's crazy, dude. You think he gets the career Grand Slam this year? I mean, calendar Grand Slam. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, the the only thing that I can see is that he has some sort of injury, right? Is he still carrying the injury from the last uh, from the last event that he played in that he had to drop out of in Berlin? Maybe. If he's not, then yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't think Andy Murray's playing the best currently, but Andy Murray at plus 6,500 is definitely a bet I'd be willing to make. Djokovic at Djokovic minus 140, uh, fantastic value uh, for getting him at that, especially when he's red hot right now. And then Alcaraz plus 350. I mean, the world number one at plus money. Okay, And he just lost. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Actually, no, I don't think he even made the finals. He lost in the semifinals. He lost in the Djokovic. semis. Yeah, yeah. To Djokovic. I can't believe Djokovic is still this good. Didn't it feel like he fell off a little bit ago? I don't know. Yeah. Why did I think that? I think injuries. I think he was injured for like a year. Okay. Yeah. That's... Isn't he – we're not trying to get into this conversation, but didn't he miss time because he was anti-vax and they no, wouldn't let that, him play? That was just the Aussie Open for – That was Australian, yeah. Oh, okay. And then he won it in 2023. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he said, suck it, nerds. He absolutely did. Uh, so uh, most titles, most single titles at Wimbledon, Roger Federer has eight. Most doubles is Todd Woodbridge with nine. Oldest champion is Roger Federer, 35 in 2017. Um, so Boris, another record. Oh, yeah, if he wins it, that would be another record. Boris Becker was 17, won it at when 17. Holy cow. He won it at 17 in 1985, yeah, so – Let's see. Highest ranked champion, number one, Bjorn Borg in 1980. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Okay, so a lot of number ones have won. That's a pointless stat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun one, right? So the field is 128. Lowest ranked champion was number 125, Goran Ivanasevich in 2001. And and just and faded off into obscurity. <laughs> I've never heard that name before. Uh, Andy Murray was the last, um, you know, home champion in 2016, and most match wins there with 105 is Roger Federer. Bro, this is crazy. Can you guys see the screen real quick? Give me one second. Uh, Goran uh, Ivansevic is the only player to win Wimbledon a Wimbledon singles title as a wild card, uh, which means <laughs> he was not ranked when they got to. Uh... Look at this domination by Novak Djokovic. 
dude. And, but why did I think he fell off before that, dude? I, I don't know. This is crazy, dude. This is 2007. He's like, he just wins. Oh, Nadal fans hate to see that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Look at all those runner-up finishes on that list. That was that was nuts. All right, so that wraps up our coverage. Go bet it. Go bet. Oh, just do it. Like, dude, there's so many people at plus money. If you like someone, put some money on him at plus money. You have some skin in the game. It'll make Wimbledon a lot interesting, a lot more interesting. Just like Tour de France, now that betting is open, put some money on these big competitions, these illustrious competitions, these historical competitions, and let's go see. Like, let's watch some tennis, right, dude? So the lacrosse semifinals for the world uh, tournament was here, is here in San Diego, and on Wednesday, tomorrow, I believe. The semifinals is three dollars a ticket. I would go. <laughs> and then, or sorry, that's not the the semis is on Thursday. The quarterfinals is three dollars a ticket, and the semis is twenty five dollars a ticket. I'm like, y'all just trying to get people to show up. I wish I knew lacrosse more. Yo. What this? I'm I'm reading about about uh, Gorvan. Ivan Ivan Savich. Yeah. All right. He did not after his 2001 season. He did not win another title after Wimbledon. Well, he wasn't even ranked, so yeah, well, he did he didn't win, but he won titles before that. I I'm, I'm not talking like majors. I'm just talking like tennis titles. He didn't win another oh. tennis title. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What a precipitous clip he fell off. My goodness. Yeah. He went after Wimbledon, he went six and seven. And in his last four tournaments, uh, did not win a match before retiring in 2003. Damn. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> That's crazy. He rode off into the sunset. I'm just curious to see. Like, that's imagine just like winning a majors <laughs> and you're riding so high, and then you just never do anything again. You always have that one, you know? Yeah. He's he's got that yeah. one, he's got that one trophy. Ain't nobody gonna be able to take it from him. Uh Executive producer Nevada just submitted a NHL draft parlay of Fantili Smith Carlson for the first three picks. So speaking of professional podcasts, let's move into our NFL draft or NHL yeah, draft. Eric had to step away, probably got a call. So let me pull up the NHL draft odds real quick. So and then I'll share it. But keep going. Yeah. So the uh obviously number one has been decided. Uh, it it goes to the Chicago Blackhawks. Woo! Uh, it's it's gonna be Connor Bedard. Woo! Uh, he's the best player to enter. He's the best. He's the best prospect uh, since the 2015 draft when Connor McJesus was selected number one by the Edmonton Oilers. Woo! Uh, number two, I think Nevada's spot on. I, I I think he's talked about this guy Fantilli. 
uh, coming out of, he's a center coming out of Michigan. I think Nevada said that if, if uh, Bedard isn't in this draft, he's a number one pick, right? Uh, dude, and, so I watched him in the frozen four, but not just the frozen four, like the whole tournament. Uh, and he is very good. Like I was like, yo, if the Blackhawks don't get the number one overall pick, I was super comfortable with them taking this guy at number two. Yeah. Uh, so the ducks have that second pick number three, the Columbus blue jackets, uh, Nevada's pick was Carl was, was Carlson. Uh, he's a center from Sweden. Uh, this is again, that thing, how much value do you put on guys that have been playing in Europe before? Right. He's six, two, 194 pounds. He's already had two years of experience in the Swedish hockey league. He doesn't need to, you know, guys, guys like obviously Bedard is going to come in and play. He's going to, he's on a Blackhawks team where they don't really have anybody else. They just got Taylor Hall, which is pretty good for the Bruins, but he's going to come in. He's going to play instantly. Just not, not because of, uh, well, he's probably ready for the NHL, but also because of need for the Blackhawks. Uh, Adam Fantilli will probably sit, spend another season at Michigan. Uh, I think he has his senior year at Michigan or his junior year at Michigan. Uh, no, he's sorry. He, that was his freshman year. So he's a sophomore. It, yeah. at Michigan. Uh, I, I, Carlson comes in as, as, as a guy that uh, is ready to go into the NHL now at 18, already played two years. Uh, so he'll go to Columbus and then Nevada, I, you know, I, I think spot on again, uh, San Jose Sharks have the fourth pick. Will Smith. Uh, you have it. You have Nevada's pick. It's flopped, by the way. He has Smith going three and Carlson going four. Interesting. Okay. And I'm looking at the last NHL mock draft, and you know the the people who cover NHL who probably always get this wrong have Smith going four and Carlson going yeah. three. Yep, that's what I'm looking at as well. Yeah, Will Smith, center from the USA. Uh, development program, the under 18 developing program, another center. So it's interesting that we have uh, three centers or four centers going in the top four picks, no matter which way you shake it. Um, Smith Smith helped uh, the United States win a gold medal at the under 18 championship uh, with a tournament best 20 points, nine goals, 11 assists in seven games, uh, matching a U.S. record set by Jack Hughes, who's a pretty decent hockey player uh, in 2019. Um. Yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's another thing with with Fantilli. How long does he spend before he he gets to the um to the NHL? I think Nevada submitted that pick because after that it kind of becomes a hodgepodge of best available. After that, yeah, and it's a lot of like filling needs and and things like that. So really, this is a four person draft, and. I mean, it should be a five-person draft with Matt Vey, um, Mikov, but you know, unfortunately for him, he is under contract until the end of the 2026 season, which is probably going to drop him out of the top four. Um, him going five seems like the next best spot. I would love to see his odds for uh, fifth overall pick. Do you have that up, Eric? And then again, like like Jermaine said, he's he plays with the KHL, so he's gonna he'll come in the 2026 season. He'll be 2022, or he'll be 22 in 2026. So he won't be this old ancient guy. Uh, he'll still be pretty young and ready to play. Dang, that's pretty crazy. So my question here is, 
at plus 225, right, second best odds tied with David Reinbacher uh, for the number five overall pick. Do the Canadians want somebody who's going to play right away? I don't think. I think that I think that the the uh, Canadians are are in the middle of a rebuild right now, and they're and they're ready to wait for this guy. So, all right. So then, that's a pick that I'd like to submit. I'm taking Matt Vay Mikolf for fifth overall. Uh, not to steal any thunder from Nevada. <clears throat> I he wonder. Didn't, he didn't put it in. I know that's that's why I'm, I'm not picking any of the other picks because we just we're going to submit Nevada's. Um, I wonder why Nevada's parlay doesn't include the number one overall. So, does it make the odds worse if he has Bedard one, or can you just not bet it on that list? I just don't think it matters. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I I think if you bet a minus ten thousand pick, there it's it's not going to move the needle that much. That's what it is. DraftKings doesn't even offer. Yeah, the number one pick. So yeah. it's such a it's such a foregone conclusion that DraftKings doesn't even offer the first overall. So uh, I love that you could bet the top five. It you know I might it'd be interesting to take Nevada's parlay. I, I wonder why he has Smith instead of um, Carlson in that order. But I would love to see what he thinks about the number five pick with Matt Vay or Ryan Leonard, because Ryan Leonard is on odds on favorite. But uh, in this mock draft I'm reading, I don't even see Leonard. Like, I don't see these dudes picking him for five. He's not there for six. He goes all the way to seven uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. So he's at the world under 18s. He scored eight goals in seven games and the overtime winner in the gold medal game. He's six foot 190. They comp him to Matthew Kachuk, and but the Flyers are deep at wing, so why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, Matt. Oh, go ahead. I think we see in this in in the top of this draft, like I talked about. You know, you have David Reinbacher. Uh, he's from Austria. Uh, sorry, sorry, Switzerland. Uh, you have Dvorsky from from Sweden. Uh, you have uh, Axel Sandin Politka, also from Sweden. Uh, a bunch of European players uh, up here. Uh, Tom Willander, right? He plays in Sweden. I, you have a bunch of European players that, that are ready to go uh, right now. Uh, and that's that, that'll be interesting to see. Like you said, you know, Ryan Leonard. Um, Oh, there you go. There's your there's your Met High uh, Michikov pick at number five. The some mock drafts have him dropping as low as number eight to the Washington Capitals. I don't think he goes uh, further than that. Man, if he if the Capitals can get him at eight and just move off of Ovi into <laughs> Mikov when he comes in as a twenty two year old, that'd be pretty interesting to see. Uh, I just don't know if you pass up on the ta- a dude who's as talented, arguably as offensively gifted as Connor Bedard, uh, you know, past five, especially if you're not in a win now mode. And none of these you teams really are, are, right? Yeah. 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 So it's, it goes Blackhawks, Ducks, Blue Jackets, San Jose Sharks, who are starting to trade everyone, Montreal Canadiens, the Arizona Coyotes, who don't have a stadium, the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> 
who were uh, bad, but just bad enough to not get a high pick. And then the Washington Capitals, who I kind of called it last year before, you know, in our season breakdown, I expected the Capitals to be pretty bad. So, wait, the Capitals were uh, the Capitals pick at eight. Right. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flyers and the Capitals. Yeah. And then uh, Nick's favorite, the Detroit Dead Things. Ugh. <laughs> who who have forfeited their pick because they've sucked too bad. They're being kicked out of the NHL, I believe. Really? Oh, and then they got over-under spots. Is there anybody uh, that I can interest you in here? Let's see. David Reinbacher, right? The D, the demon is uh, – yeah, that actually doesn't sound so good. I'm not going to say that again. Uh. <laughs> Over or under six and a half? Uh, well, considering the under is minus 155, no, I, I don't have any interest in that. Okay, so you're going to go under. Um, let's see. Gabe Peral, I don't really have any interest in taking that bet. Ooh, this is a fun one. Matt Vey, Mikoff, right? Over five and a half is minus 150. Under five and a half is plus 120. So that's there's your pick right there, Jermaine. Do you think he's going to get picked fifth? Take the one twenty. I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna go fifth. I don't know why anyone would pass him up. I mean, I would love for the Blackhawks to be crazy enough to package all their picks to come up and get him. <laughs> just, just why not? Give me two top five picks. Uh, but yeah, under five and a half plus one twenty. You can also get him just to go at the five hole for plus two twenty five. So I would probably put money on both those bets, especially if you feel confident in that. And here's a fun one. Tom Willander. Oh, it's a, under is minus 200. Why would they set a line that high? Then? <laughs> That's a crazy line to set. Like, I, I, I want these. Give me a close thread of the needle. I'm not too familiar with Otto Stenberg, so I can't really speak to that one. That one is yeah. a minus 115 on both sides. Also, 25 and a half picks. Why is that guy getting odds over some of these other people? I don't know. It's a good question. Matt, this is our biggest complaint. Bring back five dimes. Five dimes is the best. Really, they are. RIP, five dimes got blapped. You guys got anything else for the NHL draft? Nothing else for me. Where, is there any chance Connor Bedard doesn't go first? I want the Chicago Blackhawks to shock the world <laughs> and trade out of it. You imagine if the Blackhawks traded out of the number Dude. one of I'd probably stop supporting them. For, for those of you listening at home, Jermaine just had to take off his glasses because of the thought of the Blackhawks trading out of the position. Dog, stress me out, dude. I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> Don't do it. I'd rather us miss on Bedard, right? You know, because that's always – there's always potential someone doesn't hit at the number one overall, right? I'd rather us miss than trade out of the pick and someone right. else and someone else miss. I'd I, rather I, just miss. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd rather just be like, fuck it. No, we're going to go down with the ship. Now, I, I'm sure people are going to come out of the woodwork here and, and – throw names at me and oh this guy and that guy and that. I feel like the NHL has the lowest miss rate of number one picks was Taylor Hall number one overall I, th- 
used to. I meant to look. I meant to look that up earlier, but I figured I'll just ask you on the podcast and make you search it. Uh, he was the number <laughs> one overall pick. Yeah, he was right. Two thousand ten. Yep. That's why I was. I was like, "Yo, we're pairing a number one with a number one. Let's go." Yeah. You know how that paid off for us last time we did that, right? Just kidding. Taze wasn't the number one. Was he not? Oh, no, he was not. No, I think it was. Taze was like a three overall, I believe. RIP. <laughs> He's not dead, but you know, RIP. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, number three. Number three. Number three. Yeah. Well, Jeez, I'm, gl- I'm glad I at least know my Blackhawks. <laughs> no doubt. What a draft. The 2006 entry draft. What a draft. If How many? If the page would load. Was it, a, was it a stacked class or something? Number one to the Blues, Eric Johnson. Number two to the Penguins, Jordan Stahl. I don't want to subscribe, no. Number three to the Blackhawks, Jonathan Taves. Number four to the Capitals, Nicholas Backstrom. Number five to the Bruins, Phil Kessel. Number six to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Derek Broussard. Number seven to the Islanders, uh, Kyle Oposo. Uh, Michael Froelich was also in this, Jeff. Jonathan Bernier. Yuri Tolusi, Mikhail Grabner, uh, Claude Giroux, Simeon Verlamov, Patrick Bergeron. My Nick goodness. Fel- Nick Felino, Jamie McGinn. Is this one of the best NHL drafts of all time? <laughs> I think maybe. That was just the first round. Milan Lucic was in the second round. Keith Seabrook. Uh, Mike Weber. Jamie McBain, McBain, yeah, Brad Marchand. Jeez, the Bruins won this draft. Holy shit! The Bruins' first three picks in this draft were Phil Kessel. Uh, oh, sorry, first first four picks included Phil Kessel, Milan Lucic, and uh, Brad Marchand. I mean, those are all right. They're all right. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. God, I hate the Bruins. Did you see the the schedule announcement for the NHL? Uh yeah. Some oh. of them the, the Avs was bad. Opening night was uh Blackhawks, Bruins, and Avs versus Avs and um Knights? Blackhawks. No, that was last year. You sure? Blackhawks play the Bruins. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know who the Avs play. I think the Avs play the Knights because the Knights are the champ, no? Oh, maybe. All right, well, let's not give out bad information. For those of you who are interested in the NHL schedule, it's been released. Feel free to go and peruse the matchups for your team and all the other teams. Uh, January 1st will be the Winter Classic, and they're going to have two outdoor games in New Jersey this year. Uh, I actually really love that the NHL puts on those events. Those outdoor hockey events, I think it's really, really cool. You know, similar to the MLB with uh, the Field of Dreams games. And now the MLB is doing international series. I mean, they're actually trying. If only they can market their stars. You guys got anything else for the 10s and 10s? Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Podcast Room 303. I've been your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And as always, we have with us the EPE. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.